Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here this morning for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for the daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. Uh, those of you watching or listening later in the day, greetings to you as well. I hope you've all uh, recovered. Uh, we had a late night. We uh, went down to Sheboygan uh, with some friends, and we're watching from the beach, which uh, yeah, small children and fireworks and late nights meant for an interesting morning, too. Mm, I hope you've recovered. I'm not sure we have. In any case, uh, it's good to have you with us here this morning as we begin our day in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, our psalm is Psalm 138. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down to your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth, and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Okay, memory verse for the week. Say it with me if you're able. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Romans 12, verses 14 through 15. Again, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Romans 12, verses 14 through 15. Our catechism for the week is the fifth petition to the Lord's Prayer. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. What does this mean? We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look at our sins or deny our prayer because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them, but we ask that he would give them all to us by grace, for we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. So we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. All right, our first reading for today is continuation from Isaiah, now chapter 30. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved, in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. But you would not. And you said, No, for we will flee on horses, therefore you shall flee, and we will ride on swift horses, therefore those who pursue you shall be swift. One thousand shall flee at the threat of one, and at the threat of five you shall flee till you are left as a pole on top of a mountain and as a banner on a hill. Therefore the Lord will wait, that he may be gracious to you, 
and therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will be very gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner any more. But your eyes shall see your teachers. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand, or whenever you turn to the left, you will also defile the covering of your images of silver and the ornament of your molded images of gold. You will throw them away as an unclean thing. You will say to them, get away. One of the things we forget, I think, is that um, the Lord is the Lord of our history. Of course, he's um, the Lord of, of us, too, and of our hearts. And he will not uh, abide by us having false gods. He may um, allow it for a time, um, but ultimately they're always overthrown, whether that's uh, people or things or uh, whatnot. So he does give us affliction. He does um, even grieve our hearts, right? So that we not put our trust in our horses or in our strength, right? But rather that we put our hope and trust in the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in quietness and confidence and in returning and rest, right? Good. And then our reading for catechesis is from Matthew chapter 12. Now, when he had departed from there, he went into their synagogue, and behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath, that they might accuse him? Then he said to them, What man is there among you who has one sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Of much more value, then, is a man than a sheep. Therefore it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and it restore, it was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Yet he warned them not to make him known that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench, till he sends forth justice to victory, and in his name Gentiles will trust. Really, it's really two pericopes in, in one, right? Quite interesting. Of course, the first one dealing with the Sabbath, which we've been talking about um, Jesus giving us rest and uh, what it means and to be Lord of the Sabbath, that was yesterday, right? Now we're in the, where are we? In the synagogue, right? Remember he was out in the fields with the heads of grain? And who was there in the synagogue? A man with a withered hand. If you look at the parallel account in uh, Mark chapter 3, it's pretty clear that um, they have put the man with the withered hand there to test Jesus in regards to the Sabbath. All right? So they asked the question, again, just like we heard um, in, the, in the field, uh, why do you decide? Why do you uh, work on the Sabbath, right? And here, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Interesting. They probably have no issue with Jesus healing as long as it's not on the Sabbath day, huh? Of course, we know why they did this. They want to accuse him, right? Verse ten. Um, how did the question get turned onto them? Again, the nature of the Sabbath, the right understanding of the Sabbath. Even they make accommodation if um, they had. One sheep that fell into the pit on the Sabbath, right? 
Of course, the sheep, we've been hearing actually quite a bit about sheep. Sheep are those um, who Jesus describes in the way of uh, the prophets as followers, right? And of course, he's the shepherd, right? Of course, they would rescue the sheep. And now here's a man who needs healing. Wouldn't you rescue him too? Right? He always catches them in their words and their plotting, right? So he, why did he, uh, the man stretch out his hand? We don't want to miss this. Because Jesus said to him, stretch out your hand, right? right? And then he healed it. Um, now, of course, we know how the Pharisees respond to this. They begin to plot against him. And then that, that really important word, I mean, to destroy Jesus. It's not simply enough just to undermine him or to contradict him. They must, or even kill him. They must destroy him, even the idea of him. Of course, Jesus knows their hearts. So he withdraws uh, from, withdraws from there, right? And then many more follow him who need healing, and he heals them all, right? But again, um, this is even stronger in Mark, but here it is in Matthew too. Sometimes it's called the messianic secret. He warns them not to make him known, right? And here then he tells us why. Why not make Jesus known? Why keep requesting that? Hmm. Well, it, it's regard to the quotation here from Isaiah uh, 42. Yeah, it's Isaiah 42, 1-4. Behold my servant whom I am chosen. One of those servant songs isaiah 40 through 40 uh, through 66 so the sometimes called third isaiah full of servant songs jesus is the servant um which is what the father actually declared back in matthew 3 right when jesus was baptized this is and behold this is um how does he say it let me look here suddenly a voice came from heaven seven came from heaven saying this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased yeah um he warned them not to make it known. And then notice, he will not quarrel nor cry out. Why does it say that Jesus will not quarrel with them, even when they oppress him or afflict him? Hmm. We'll go to his crucifixion account. The night he was betrayed, right? The high priest arose and said to him, Do you answer nothing? This is Matthew 26. What is this that, that these men testify against you? But Jesus kept silent. And the high priest answered him and said to him, I put you under oath. By the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And it is as you said. Right? This, his not quarreling, of course, is prophetic of his um, remaining silent, even when been falsely accused, which ultimately leads to him uh, being crucified. And then verse 21, of course, is very important. In the context of Matthew's gospel, Matthew has made this emphasis even from the genealogy back in Matthew 1, right? Uh, or Matthew 2, excuse me. Uh, no, Matthew 1, and then Matthew 2 with the visit of the Magi, right? Yeah. And then we'll see it, of course, in Matthew 28 at the uh, commissioning of the Apostolic Church to go and make disciples of all nations by baptizing and teaching. Chris asks, uh, were the Pharisees spies every, uh, were their um, Pharisee spies everywhere Jesus went? Uh, there just are Pharisees everywhere. This is the, um, the ruling elite. Um, it does seem that they were trying to spy out um, Jesus, just like uh, Paul talks about with those um, those Jews in his day that were seeking to spy out the freedom that we have in Christ. Right? Listen to uh, one other thing before we go. I was listening to a podcast this morning talk about Matthew chapter 3, which is the parallel account, um, where it says that they, they put the man, or the man with the withered hand was there in the synagogue, and so they, the Pharisees, watched him closely whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. That's why I said it. It sounds like they planted this man there. Um, and then Jesus says something different in Mark's account. He says to them, 
Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. And listen to this. And when he looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand and stretch it out. Um, So in in Mark's account, Jesus sounds like, um, actually, the, the Pharisees' hearts are hardened to Jesus. This is, again, why he doesn't seek a quarrel with them because he knows his actions are enough to a quarrel, to be a quarrel, um, that they will continue to try to spy him out, as Chris points out, um, and ultimately that will result in his suffering and death, which of course is the plan and purpose of God. Um, this is the means by which he saves us. So he even hardens their heart. They try to trap him, and he um, actually speaks words of indictment against them in Mark's account. It's interesting. Uh, by the way, also, the Gentiles will trust, Matthew 28, right? And, and Matthew 2 and 1. But uh, in his name, in his name. So again, that's connected to the genealogy. And also uh, um, the account of Luke in Acts chapter 2. right? Believe and be baptized um, in his name. So it's always about, uh, so this is about baptism, of course, and uh, the saving activity of Jesus, the giving of the Spirit. We have all of that happening here with this healing. All right. So uh, I think this is it of the trio of Sabbath readings. We'll summarize it here. Jesus came to bring rest, that is, to restore the Sabbath to men who suffer under the curse of sin. The Pharisees are so bound up in legalism that they forget the way of mercy, even attempting to prevent the healing of this man. Jesus came for sheep who hear his voice. He came to pull them out of the pit, that is, the condemnation of the law. How valuable are the sheep? They are the sheep whom he will purchase with his own holy precious blood, and with his innocent suffering and death. Those who hear his words and believe are like this man with the shriveled hand, who heard the word of Christ and stretched forth his hand. Those who reject the word of Christ are like the Pharisees, and can only produce death and burden men with the curse of the law. So, there are those who want Jesus to be a new Moses who tells us what to do, rather than the one who clothes us in his own righteousness. After all, the language about rest, Jesus After all the language about rest, Jesus is once more being presented in the context of baptism. At the baptism of Jesus, he was declared the servant, and the Spirit descended upon him so that by placing his name upon us in our baptism, we might have the perfect rest. Jesus comes to lead justice to victory, that is, to bestow upon us the righteousness of God. In baptism, we are joined to his name, and the Son chooses to reveal his Father to us. The Father reveals to us as his children Um, that Jesus is the servant who proclaims justice to the nations and gives us hope. So rest comes in baptism, and of course the Spirit is given to us by the servant Jesus um, who works for us forgiveness and gives it to us in that baptism. We his sheep and he our shepherd. Isn't that lovely? All right. Um, To Chris's point though, um, this animosity between the Pharisees and Jesus will um, get ratcheted up a notch again tomorrow. Um, when Jesus will preach to them about a divided house, right? And here's where we get more uh, uh, conversation about um, his relationship to overthrowing the demons, which we talked about hmm, probably last week, right? Good. All right, let's sing our hymn for the week, O God, My Faithful God. Oh, 
I think today's a good day to uh, hear a little bit more about the hymn, uh, so that while we continue to sing it, for better, for worse, apparently my voice is for the worst today, a little bit too much frivolity yesterday, I guess, <clears throat> um, yeah, some some background to this hymn, Whew. long commentary on this one, very nice, lots of background, who wrote it, ah, oh, Dr. Stuckwich, 
Indiana District President wrote this one. Um, this hymn was probably written during a most difficult time in Johann Hermann's life between 1623 and 1630, when he was coping with a throat infection that also affected his nose and air passages and eventually prevented him from preaching his own sermons. All right, so after the death of his wife, his health got um, quite a bit difficult, although he did remarry a year later. This was also in the middle of the terrible Thirty Years' War of 1618 to 1648, which was particularly bad in Silesia, where Hermann lived and served as a pastor. The sufferings uh, were at their worst from 1623 to 1638, the period in which this hymn was written. It was first published in his uh, Devoti Musica Cordis, 1630, under the heading, A Daily Prayer. The text is not simply a work of poetic art, but of genuine cry of faith from the author's Christian heart. Its model is a a Latin poem appearing in, of all places, a genealogical work. In 1590, Hieronymus Henniges, pastor in Lüneburg, produced the second edition of his Genealogi Eloquat Familiarum Nobilium in Saxony. (laughs) Whatever. Genealogies of some noble families in Saxony. How about that? That's better. Uh, The Ransau family of Holstein contributed liberally to the cost of printing the book, so that the family was prominently featured in it, especially the head of the family, Heinrich von Ranzau, who was represented by a tw- by 28 of his poems in Latin. One, written according to its heading, in an imitation of the ancient Greek statesman and historian Xenophon, served as the basis for this hymn by Hermann, who frequently modeled his hymns on previously existing texts. Ranzau's poem, which is a versification of a prayer that precedes it, also by Ranzau, reads, it's in Latin. Oh, English prose. Here we go. <laughs> I'm not going to read the Latin version. O gracious God, who are able to do all things, grant to me and my people sound riches of mind and an, and sound riches of mind and a sound body. Grant me both to attend more diligently to all my affairs and to do what I ought with good speed. Grant that I might use my tongue well in the whole undertaking of my life and that I may duly bear the weight of my appointed labor. Bestow courage in the midst of great dangers and grant that I may overcome the enemy by means of your intrepid Mars. When questions must be decided, send wisdom from heaven and steadfast favor of dukes even up to kings. Grant that my hereditary lands and houses furnished by your providence may be sustained by your generous endowment out of your own abundance. And finally, after a long, peaceable, and just life, let my father's tomb shelter me in eternal rest until the day you call me back to the skies above and give me blessed realms in the shining heavens. Of the original eight stanzas, LSB, following the 1993 um, Wisconsin Synod Hymnal Christian Worship, has combined portions of the fourth and fifth stanzas into one, now the fourth stanza, and has omitted the original stanza six. Various English translations of the hymn have been produced over the years, but best known is that of Catherine Winkworth, which has been used in variously altered forms. All right. What about the tune? Oh, Gott, du frommer Gott. Place of origin, Germany. Composer unidentified. Oh, man. So we don't know who wrote the tune. Well, that's nice, though. So how's that? A Christian poem by a leader written in, uh, reflecting upon uh, poetry from Xenophon, who was a student of Socrates, and uh, along with Plato, right? How's that? And then that's turned into a versification of a hymn by a Lutheran pastor. I like it. All right, let's pray our collect for the week. O Lord, grant that your governance may be so peaceably ordered 
or may so peaceably order the course of this world, that your church may joyfully serve you in all godly quietness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, forgive us our trespasses. Do not look upon our sins or deny any of our prayers because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them. But we ask that you would give them all to us by grace, for we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. Grant us your forgiveness, so that we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray today for marriage and family, that husbands and wives, parents and children live in ordered harmony according to the word of God. For parents who must rear their children alone, for our communities and neighborhoods, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray today in Thanksgiving with Gracie, celebrating her birthday. Pray for the households of our church, especially Martin and Tara, Paul, Courtney, Doug, Jim and Deb, and Robert. Continue to give thanks to God for the healing for Barb. Pray for our catechumens. We pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Dale, Pam, Joe, Melanie, Kelsey, Christopher, Marcy, Brad, Gus, Eileen, Ron, Doug, Bev, Jim, Pat, Wendell, and Darlene. Our homebound, Marcy, Marion, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. The missions and mercy work of the church, especially that of um, Safe Harbor in Sheboygan. We intercede, continue to intercede on behalf of Dasha and her family to find housing, and for Matt's mom, Donna, being treated for stroke. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That's our congregation of prayer for today, Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. But that's not your only opportunity today uh, to pray. Uh, This evening at 6.30, we'll have our divine service. We're going to celebrate the visitation, which fell on Sunday, uh, but transferred it here to Wednesday night. So uh, that's a great opportunity for you um, to pray and to sing, to receive the sacrament, especially if you weren't able to be with us on Sunday. All right, come on Wednesday night. So I hope to see you tonight at 6.30, if at all possible. Uh, Otherwise, we'll see you again in the morning at 9. God be with you all. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.